0: Da, 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 da. You sound that's insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got Is you yeah. it's
1: showtime. So we are back for yet another discussion about a movie that should have come out a long, long time ago, <laughs> if at all.
2: That's a that's a good starting point. Yeah, if at all.
1: I just keep. Wondering to myself and hoping and praying, you know, every night when I say my prayers. Number four on my list of things to pray is, Dear God, can we please stop getting sequels that are unnecessary? And uh, so far, it's, it's been the theme of 2016. If I was to come up with a theme of this year, it's been unnecessary sequels. Yeah. It, it's been quite a beating, and uh, this is no different. Um, Independence Day resurgence as it's been dubbed sort of ironic they, they didn't yeah. they didn't go with ID4 forever which was what it was going to be called i <laughs> That's think we so much had better. reported that in previous and they couldn't do independence day retaliation because of the gi <laughs> joe movie so what's kind of like retaliation resurgence resurgence yeah <laughs> so it's just one of the many things we'll be discussing tonight and I'm excited to uh, talk about this because I think the first Emrich Imrich film we've talked on the show. I think, I
2: think at you're Lake, right.
0: I think you're right. I did a solo app on 2012 but <laughs> I didn't really. It's not going to go in the It's coming out with my vault later on.
2: Sweet.
1: How about before we talk a bunch of Independence Day? Uh, we do a little good old-fashioned movie news, rumors, and rumblings. Movie news.
2: Yes! Rumors
1: and rumblings. That's
2: awesome! Let's Bustering begin.
1: So this kind of falls into a mini review slash movie news bit here. Uh, we didn't end up doing a full episode on the much anticipated Warcraft movie, <laughs> but um, but I know one of us did see it <laughs> voluntarily, paid money actually, as yeah. a matter of fact, to go see it.
2: I paid four seventy eight seriously four dollars and seventy eight cents that's four dollars and seventy eight cents too much right you know, at least eight dollars too much to be
1: honest but <laughs> news has broken this week or actually in the past day that uh, Warcraft now the highest grossing video game movie of all Gosh. time if you were to believe it thanks China it <laughs> it's just edging out
2: yeah yeah look you can the world can blame us us Americans for a lot of things, but it cannot blame us for Warcraft being successful. Let's just. Or Now You See Me. Or Now You See Me. So we do yeah. have that going. Or Brexit. We, we have those three things going.
1: <laughs> if they decide, you know, they do a bunch of market research and they say, you know what? Now You See Me 2 is going to kill it in China. Okay. Yeah. They figure that out. They know it's going to do well in China. So let's sell so, China. So they set half the- of it in China. They cast mm-hmm. Chinese actors, all that. Why don't they just release it in China? We don't have to <laughs> yeah. see it. No yeah. one here cares, <laughs> you know which is I'm sure but
0: and the gang and Ruffalo would love that. It's kind of yeah. like in the nineties that that I movie mean, lost some translations about it, but like in the it's kind of become more okay for actors to do commercials with like McConaughey doing Lincoln ads. But there was a time where like if you went to Japan, especially like all the biggest movie stars over here were like doing ads for Coke mm-hmm. and Budweiser and stuff and male and, lipstick yeah weird stuff yeah like because they could just get a huge payday and it didn't affect their reputation at all because it was just over there yeah. but now with kind of the democratization of that the internet provides in terms of all available content now everyone's just sold out completely because they, they figure you're gonna see it anyway so i might as well do it in america Right, that's why I drive this. Yeah,
1: maybe they prefer. It, maybe they prefer it to come out only in China, just protect their rep a little bit too. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like,
0: that, this could be kind of a back in the day where like, what Jesse Eisenberg is like, you're going to pay me how much, and no one's even going to know this is a movie. Right. It's like Rumble. Except for well the people be, that care. Yeah, might as well remake Rumble in the Bronx, and let's just call it a day. <laughs> exactly. So a deep Jackie Chan reference for you guys. Nice. nice.
2: So Brian, a little mini review of Warcraft. I haven't seen it yet yeah i I saw it um i went because duncan jones really is one of my i won't say he's one of my favorite directors but moon is a is kind of a masterpiece i think and i i really felt like he was a director who i wanted to uh you know keep tabs on want to see what he could do moving forward source code was was solid if not you know really good It it was a solid little uh easy blockbuster kind of movie you know um i feel like his next step was going to be really interesting and i it, when they announced uh this the disney star wars thing like he was on my top five list of i want him to get a, a star wars movie because i just thought he would be great for the role and he, instead he's given the last three years of his life to warcraft and so I, I just wanted to see obviously the reviews have been really bad and it did not do well here money wise and it looked awful, um, just from the trailers and stuff, and so I just kind of wanted to see. I went in curious more than anything. Of like, Brian well, is like, I have here. too much time in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's not not, not true at the, all. But I just carve I, out two hours for yeah. nonsense. Is, How is can I part. burn two hours on? I know it's 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 a sickness, but part of it too is I do like to have since we are uh, semi-professional movie critics. I like to I put out a list at the assume. end of the year of uh, says the internet. Richard says oh. iTunes. Um, no, you know, I put out a list of, at the end of the year with every movie that I've seen, and I like that list to be as full as I can get it to be. And so a lot of bad reasons to go see a bad movie, I, I fully admit, but I, but I did go see it. And um, I've never played World of Warcraft. Um, and I do understand that there is a certain amount of deep cut to it of, you're only going to get some of this if uh if you are a World of Warcraft player but i think that even without that the movie should be understandable you know you should be able to any any audience any any person should be able to go see a movie and have yeah. like a vague concept of what's happening and um and i really didn't it doesn't make any sense it's very unnecessarily convoluted instead of just being a stupid video game movie it's it's really trying hard to be epic i and saw a lot in the, just from the trailers it seems a lot a lot
1: a really talky movie yeah like an unnecessarily talky yes. like politics and <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, like a
0: dumb looking orc yeah oh yeah, yeah you're supposed part. to take it all serious too yes, yeah exactly it, i thought it was a joke the first like i kind of yeah. i knew it was happening but i forgotten about it And the first time i saw the trailer i think was before star wars uh force mm-hmm. awakens and I was, like, getting ready for the punchline. Like, I was getting ready to laugh. and right. It's like, oh, no, this is Warcraft. Because, like, those, especially early on in those trailers, those, whatever they are, the
2: non-human creatures looked ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a little cleaner than that early okay. uh, cut, but not, it's not much better. I mean, it looks like a video game. And the scale and the scope of the the orcs compared to humans is really bad. I mean, it's just bad. It doesn't, it doesn't flow. The, the the script doesn't flow at all. And that's fine. Like that's, that's probably going to be the, the worst part of a movie like this to begin with, but you want the visuals to be stunning. You want, um, the characters to be, or at least the, the settings to be interesting, if not the characters themselves. And you, you want cool action. And I don't think it delivered on any of those things. Um, the main guy his name Tra- uh, Travis Finnell, I'm going to go with. He's on Vikings. On uh, which I've heard good things about that show. I've just never watched it. He now, does, was. Does he terrible. play. Does he play late career Favre or versus he play Adrian? <laughs> Yeah, it's mostly an Adrian Peterson uh, biopic. <laughs> okay, bio show. His rise and fall. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the second act when there. he, yeah, exactly, exactly. When uh, when he takes the switch to his son is a it's a really dark moment of that the film. Kid should put an Emmy though. Uh, yeah, oh, totally. He worked really hard. Um, it, it the guy Travis Fimmel. I I'm not familiar with any of his work, pretty much outside of this and Vikings. But he is awful. He was just awful and. I think the biggest problem was it, like I said at the, the get go, it it takes itself way, way, way too seriously. But then the script calls for all these moments that I think are supposed to be funny or slapsticky, and we're going to delve into a very similar sort of territory with with the movie we're reviewing tonight. But um, but this one, there was like there's a half dozen to to ten moments where clearly the movie is trying to make you laugh and. Me and the other guy who were watching, who were in the audience for this movie, me and one other dude, did not buy the the bit. And it was really kind of painful. I, as much as as what Richard said about like the Now You See Me crew kind of wishing that America was not seeing that movie, I would hazard to guess that. Paula Patton and Ben Foster and Dominic Cooper and so on really wish that they were not a part of this. And it's a bummer because it, uh, I think it tied up a lot of very talented people at a kind of a crucial time in like Duncan Jones time would have been much better served doing something different. And I get that this was kind of a passion project and it was an opportunity to step up into a big time blockbustery role. And it sort of paid off because it made a lot of money to the point of, I'm sure it'll have a sequel because it, killed overseas and just blew up the Chinese, uh, box office and whatnot. But it is a really, really bad movie. And there's not, you know, with some movies you can kind of say, if you did this, if you turned here instead of here, and if you switch this up a little bit and if you just got a little bit better, maybe you could make a, a decent movie. I don't think that that's the case with this one. I think it's a, this is, it doesn't make sense as a movie. It looks bad. It uh, it it sounds bad. It's just it's just everything about it was a is a major misfire to me, and that's uh, you know that's not what you're going for. That's
1: One of what my favorite uh, facts about the process of making that was that Yui uh, Ball had written a treatment or oh, something like ten years ago or something, and he brought it to. Uh, I guess, Treyarch or whoever it is that does the game and said, you know, here it is. I want to make this movie. And they said, we're not selling the rights and we're not selling them to you, especially to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they just, yeah. like, You're horrible. <laughs> like this is, isn't like Warcraft three, the most UE bowl thing ever. Like yeah. you could see that coming out in 10 years. Yeah, definitely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of glad that this uh, had an audience though, because I would feel bad for Duncan for this to yes. be a huge huge yes. flop and for this to ruin his the the potential of him doing anything decent in the future yes. or giving I, giving the reins on it actually a decent property.
2: I 100% agree because this like the the behind the scenes stuff is not as bad so maybe it wouldn't have mattered quite as much but the the money what this costs versus what the the return is at least as far as the quality of the film is it's fantastic for a level of like like Josh Trank's career took a decisive left turn and I don't think it's the way it, he wanted it to go because of how bad Fantastic Four is and how little money it made. So for somebody who I think is a very talented director and could do something, you know, significant in the future, I'm glad that it found an audience. I just I hate that he spent so much time making a really really bad movie and that this was kind of his entry into big time movie making and and it's just it's awful. And I would really like for it to be good because I want that I think that I think fresh voices like his are it's important to find them and and get them good work whether it's small or or large property doesn't really matter just have them keep doing work and it's it's boy this is a really bad film. Is it really? <laughs> really really bad. So as far
1: as domestically i mean as far as worldwide goes, it ranks number one in video game movies Jeez. um just barely beating Prince of Persia the sands of time
2: <laughs> quality fair as well
1: mm-hmm. and uh and the Angry Birds movie is <laughs> right hot on its trail. I'm not making this up this Gosh. Is a joke. but uh
0: maybe so maybe Assassin's Creed will be good that's what I was that's gonna say. We, we, we have go. that yeah.
1: later this year uh doesn't look good to me same looks. Looks like another video game movie. Um and aside from that, for Fastbender, who's the star of Assassin's Creed, um, could be a down year for him with Apocalypse and then that, mm-hmm. and then he's got into this movie called The Light Between Oceans that that's with Alicia Vikander that looks to be kind of a Nicholas Sparksy kind of mm-hmm. romantic movie. It's about uh he's like a lighthouse keeper and him and his wife like find I'm a out. baby boy like in a basket you I'm know out. uh kind of a thing yeah <laughs> every post every p- image from it is just them kissing God. so far <laughs> super so. sparksy yeah the so. lighthouse gives it away
0: too yeah yeah it's yeah. always
1: always got to be involving a lighthouse and somehow. it comes down in september so it's probably not Oscar-y. oh
2: gosh So gosh, i'm so out on this project what are you doing Fastbender? like i don't know i guess you got to get that money but man that's a that's so beneath him.
1: Yeah, he went from last year or the year before. He did Frank, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Macbeth, and Steve Jobs all in a row. <laughs> those were all strong. And uh, before that, he, uh, he had The Counselor, which was a huge flop. Ugh. But uh, 12 oh, yeah. Years a Slave, Prometheus, and Shame in X-Men First Class. But uh, maybe a little valley for him right now. But Alien Covenant is filming right now the mm-hmm. Prometheus sequel. And uh, we shall see how much he's involved with that. But I'm out on video game movies forever. Same. And um, well, maybe till they reboot Mario Brothers.
0: <laughs>
2: with, I don't know. That, it is know. weird that they keep going back to the well of video game movies. And they're well, it's for something like are Warcraft. I mean, good? No, I mean,
0: now but now that now video games are so narrative that like, right. it's already been done. The game is a movie, essentially. Right. Yeah, you're the right. Big. Like big video games. Like I play. I don't play video games at all. But I played the newest Grand Theft Auto. It's like the first game I've beaten since I was like ten, and it was just a you know fifty-seven hour movie. That's all it was. It's hard for With a the studio, really long chase yeah. scenes. I'm not very good. If you came to
1: them and said, okay, World of Warcraft, for example, or Starcraft, or something. Say Starcraft has five hundred million users. You know, five hundred million people in Most the world have downloaded games. or played. StarCraft at one point. You know, from from a perspective of the studio, you gotta say, well, if ten percent of them came and saw the movie, we can break even or make money on this, you know? It's yeah. uh it's honestly too hard to pass up, you know. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's I'm such sure. an easy thing to do when you have the brand recognition already there and everything, and character design is already there and everything, and um maybe it's a lot less work than you would think of making an original Sure. Original property. Of course it's less work. What am I saying? But uh, (laughs) like I said, name recognition is everything with these things. It really is. And um, that seems to be the case with Assassins. Yeah. They're going to make more. I know that J.J. Abrams is working on a Portal movie, and he's been doing that for a long time, or in a Half-Life movie. But Portal is actually a really cool game. It's not like a typical you know, RPG or first person shooter. It's like a puzzle game more than that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. somebody like JJ could come and make it a really cool mystery or thriller or something like sure. a sci-fi thriller. I would be actually interested to see what he could do with that. But I'm not convinced that in the right hands, these could be fun. Uh, I know Peter Jackson had been circling Halo forever. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't still hasn't done it. But I think if you get a good director and a good video game property, that it could be. Something sure. good, but it's just been bad combinations up till now. Yeah.
2: I think the more, I think the more space you get, the better chance a video game movie has of being good. Like I think because we do sci-fi pretty well, just as a, I think Tomb as, Raider can work. I think the new Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider is one that should be better. And I maybe it's just because it was that time. Those movies are just so two thousand and two, you know, yeah. and it and they really. Felt really cheesy and bad at the time. And even that's worse now. You
0: too, song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mason Parent's pretty mad right now, dude. You better back off. No, uh,
0: it's so Vic- Vicander is doing so... the
2: reboot. Yeah, really have Vicander. Because right. yeah. we thought it was gonna be Daisy Ridley for a while, yeah. right? So you know that I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to the video game movie in general. It just seems like it never works out. Like I can't I can't off the top of my head think of one single video game movie. That is a that is really even a decent movie. So that's not a great start because there's probably a lot of them. Like Silent, I Silent Silent
1: well, Hill. Did you see yeah. that?
2: Uh, I didn't I don't think I saw that. Name well, for horror. Speed. We well, we uh we you loved it. You said the word movie. decent. I don't think that was about, that was like a C. What about Daniel
0: Day Lewis's Earthworm Jim? <laughs> yeah.
2: His most chameleon role yet. He became Earthworm. Jack Day. Black as Crash Bandicoot. You didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't I really can't think of the Resident Evil movies. I've seen all of those and they're all bad, but I've I've seen them. Yeah. Me and Corey Wynn have enjoyed all of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, Max
1: Payne, Hitman, Mortal Bulls. Kombat, Street Fighter, Doom. These are all
0: terrible. Yeah. The f- oh, Mortal sh- Kombat's great. <laughs> the way that it works in the narration of every character, Scorpion, when they show up on screen, <laughs> it's so funny. they um, did I, Dead or Alive.
1: Remember that Uwe Boll did it, and it's like a, it's like volleyball ninja uh, I movie. That it made four hundred thousand dollars at the
2: U.S. That's no, it. It's good start. <laughs> what are, are there any more? Like, I am I forgetting a good comic? I mean, Ratchet and Clank came movie. out this year. Yeah, that did real well.
1: Uh, Pokemon. Those are kind of video game movies. Okay. Really kitty. Um, those are the only ones I see. Silent Hill. Like I said, Max Payne. Okay.
2: Listeners, if we're if we're Final missing a good video game movie, let us know. Because I don't think there is one. I don't think so either. And uh, hopefully that changes.
1: But uh, let's see what else we got here for movie news. A couple of Star Wars bits. Um, John Boyega has joined the Pacific Rim sequel oh, and yeah. will star in that. So that could be fun.
2: That's good. That'll be fun. He's, he's he about fit to fit that universe. Up.
1: Well, yeah, he's he about is. to
2: blow up. I, I looked uh today. I, I recommended a book last year called the circle that is supposed the, the movie, the film adaptation is supposed to come out this year. I don't think it's going to, because I don't think they've even started shooting yet. So it would be pretty difficult to pull off at this point. So I went and checked because I wanted to know, uh, you know who they'd added to the cast, and John Boyega is playing a very significant role in that movie, and it could be that could be a a, a solid hit as well. So he's he's going places, man. As if Star Wars wasn't as out. if as if that movie
1: wouldn't do it for you, right? Like, yeah, as yeah. You, I'm sure Daisy's getting like crazy offers too. Oh, totally thrown at her. Totally, she's she's booked in solid for a couple for a while at least uh, with Star Wars. We have another bit, uh, James Earl Jones confirmed to voice Darth Vader in Rogue One. Nice. So, that awesome. answers that. It's not the impersonator who does them on the cartoon series and things. It's good. So, assuming Darth Vader will have a big role, um, I haven't heard anything Rogue One-wise since the reshoots controversy. Mm-hmm. So, I assume everything's under control. They never moved the release date, so it's still coming out. Yeah, That's good. seems like it's okay. We can only hope. And uh, only one more thing I wanted to kind of talk about, and this kind of ties into our video game movie talk, guys, and Independence Day Resurgence. Um, Finding Dory did well again at the box office this past week, and Independence Day Resurgence didn't do as well as it was expected to do. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of... Applauding us for a bit. I'm kind of excited about us for a bit, us the movie goer, us us the, the the public. Uh we weren't fooled by this one, it it seems. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um mm-hmm. this seemed like an obvious cash grab for a lot of uh reasons, but uh I saw an article today mm-hmm. and I haven't read it yet. It was titled "Our Movie Audiences Smarter now? Um And I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that. Do you think they're getting smarter or dumber? The audience, (laughs) not the studios, not the people putting out, but the audiences themselves. um, We're not easily swayed anymore, it seems. We're we're getting maybe the Rotten Tomatoes effect Uh, is having an effect on it. But I don't know.
0: Technology helps. And like, I think just the, how do I put this? So if, uh, if a hundred million people see movies every weekend, we'll just do a clean number. I feel like maybe 10, 15 years ago, like 98 million of those people were like dumb, just go see whatever's out, like no critical thought, just like loving explosions and things like that, which is fine. I probably count myself in that group often. Um, But I think now the same 100 million people go see the movies, but like that 2% is now like 9% of people that are like really into you know, the box office of these things or the, or the Rotten Tomatoes things. Like we have a smarter base of, of those people. So it's hard for something really bad to just totally blow up because of the word of mouth and the internet. Yeah. But I think some, a lot of
1: people do not exercise the um, ability to go online and do their research. It actually surprises me how little they actually do considering what's out there and how easy it is to get a review or to, see audience, uh, audience reviews, you know, if you don't trust the critics, you can go on audience scores and see what people are talking about and things like that. Um, it's just, I don't know, Brian, what do you think about this?
2: Um, I think that it's part, you know, I remind people that two years ago, uh, the summer block, but the, the summer box office especially, but the, the year in total, of 2014 was down. Like we it made, they made way less money than they had the year years before. And there were all these articles about, Oh no, is this the, is this the end? Like, is this what we're going to have to define, uh, our, our profit by now from now on, is this, you know, what's happening with the movie industry? Yeah. Is it in trouble? And I was like, no, these movies just sucked. Like that's all there is to it. Like at some point next year, when we get star Wars and Jurassic world and all these other movies that are huge, um, and huge properties people are going to come flocking back and guess what last year was like the biggest year in movie industry history box office wise so i think that this year's crop of films there's i think richard's partly right i think there's definitely a larger group of people now who will do their research before they go in and you know i don't want to we're certainly not the the only movie podcast out there uh but there's a lot there's what (laughs) oh crap we we shattered the glass for Richard he didn't know um there's way more options if you are interested in finding out about a movie before you go to see it not the the spoilery stuff but just like general is this a good movie or is this worth my time it's so much easier to find that and I do think there are people that have bought into that but I just think that this this year's crop of movies aren't inspiring at all and that's uh, people aren't Flocking to see Independence Day because it looked pretty bad on the trailers. And but what's it going to be like when the new Transformers movie comes out? Because that's kind of the litmus test yeah. to me. Those movies are awful and they make a billion dollars every single time. So I think,
0: but the US market is different than I think we're speaking kind of domestic only because I think yeah. we're just culturally because we've had cinema for so long, we're like 15 years ahead of a lot of the rest of the world. But they're like in the mid 90s. Popcorn phase right now, where like there's a theme song and everything, and Will Smith raps. Like that's where like a lot of the rest of the world is, and I think we're a little more finicky with popcorn.
2: yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm to
0: say highbrow, but I think a lot of the world world, and, and I get it because they feel so kind of the idea of Hollywood is so sexy. It's like movie star, big premise. Maybe my part of the world is featured for ten minutes. I'm in. Like that. The we don't. Yeah think you know and so like i mean i was the one like we talked about forever ago and i'm not claiming to be smart but it's like when we were talking about world war z being a big bomb and we had that bet it was like Mm -hmm. it has brad pitt in it It, there's no way it doesn't make 200 million dollars worldwide even if it's literally just footage of him like on his balcony smoking (laughs) purple reds it's just gonna (laughs) there people are gonna go see it so uh i think i think that we just kind of have to wait for and it seems like super like xenophobic of me to say, but I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm just saying we obsess on this culture so much more that it's not just it's not special. Yeah, and it's not uh, it, it becomes so much more critical and overthought on our end. Where I think
2: you know people just
0: n- name recognition and and kind of a plot, and I'm in. I don't care really quality wise how it looks. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I can see that. But Transformers, the last Transformers made $100 million on opening weekend here. So, I mean, and that was only two years ago. So, and that's a terrible, terrible movie. I I just think Um, this year is... Speak for yourself, but okay. (laughs) I give it an A+. (laughs) Sorry, man. I'm just taking shots at you left and right this episode. Transformers has
1: submitted itself as the, I know it's not going to be good. I don't care. My kids Mm want to see it. I'll go see it because my kids want to see it. I can sit through it kind of movie. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's. Yeah. No one has that ever was... gone to Transformers for expecting to be like.
2: Uh, we have a couple of <laughs> listeners that think that those movies are. You can are think they're all good, but I'm just
1: saying you <laughs> know what you're gonna get when it's announced, and sure. you know it's gonna make money. It's it's like it's and already it it's already started off on the wrong foot, and it just stayed there. You know, it, like knew what it was, and just kind of all right. I guess mm-hmm. we're just gonna do this from now on, and it's just with a lot of these it's taken time for people to kind of catch wind of it like we talked mm-hmm. about this with X-Men even um people are like oh and Ninja Turtles you know people are like oh another one of those you know it's just like mm-hmm. in the past 2 years and that's the point of this article is like people are all of a sudden opening their eyes at all this stuff that Hollywood's been doing for 30 years really uh as far as like rebooting things and turning it turning over and throwing sequels at us and things um I'm Plus, I'm happy about it, though. People are the tools are out there, I guess, in some form, whatever the tools may be. Yeah. People to be more educated and to see better movies and to not see bad movies. So hopefully mm-hmm. that has a ripple effect in
0: Hollywood. Plus, you know, who knows, like, in, in, at least in the U.S., like, I think a lot of that Transformer number is because it's the f- whatever it was, fourth one. And there's like, well, the first one was good. I don't if if. I feel like if Transformers One looked that bad, I don't know if it does a hundred million domestically. I think the first couple movies led to some momentum for that one for whatever reason I don't know,
2: sure,
1: absolutely. That's a machine, man. It's hard to stop that one and and especially when they add somebody like Wahlberg to it, you know, and they add oh. like if they bring in the rock for the next two, you know it's just like, mm. oh, there's another person that people you know what, and this is why I asked because. You know, the even, you know, less than 20 years ago, the main way people would find out what's out is open the newspaper, go to the arts and see what the movies were in you know, the movie listings. Right. And uh, most often that times is like, oh, uh, this movie looks, oh, this means war. Let's see who's in this Reese Witherspoon. Oh, like her, <laughs> Tom Hardy. Oh, that, I'm going to go see that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the actual decision. Who's in it? I'm going to go see it, you know? And uh, maybe it's less big names doing a lot of these movies. Maybe we know them because we're, you know, in the business and we talk about these things weekly. But maybe there aren't enough movie stars anymore. Maybe the movie stars aren't as big. Or, like you said, maybe people are doing more research and making less decisions based on uh, the poster. So that that can only be a good thing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, speaking
0: of good
2: movies. mm are we doing a
0: different movie this week? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are we talking about Free State of Jones or Central Intelligence? Speaking of or... flops,
1: the uh, Free State of Jones came out this past weekend. Just seven million.
2: Yeah, not um, the best
0: June movie to come out. Yeah,
2: it doesn't make any sense as a June movie. Does it make any sense as a movie though? Have we? I don't think it. Oh, I, think it's, a, it's I a, think it's it has uh, a place probably yeah, in February. I, yeah, or, or on January September, or September, on History maybe. Channel too. Yeah, two. yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't think that was a bad gamble. Like I'm a little surprised that it did as poor or that it's has has been as critically not liked as it was. So I I didn't think that that was going to be looking ahead at the year. When I saw that on the schedule, I did not mark that down as necessarily a movie that I was super excited about, but I also did not mark it down as like, Oh man, that looks awful. Can't, I hope that's terrible. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I feel like that's just one of those movies that, uh, doesn't have a great release time, but as a when you're looking at it on paper, you think, well, that should be okay. Yeah, and I guess the reconnaissance is
1: officially over, guys. This marks the end. June
0: 24th, 2016. Yeah, raise the flag.
1: Play the taps. It's actually just a pair of board shorts. On on <laughs> yeah, <a flag>. bro. <laughs> just got to keep living. All right. Okay, guys, let's move on and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, let's talk Independence Day, guys. So we got a lot of requests this past week for throwback episodes. (laughs) And um, this Independence Day, 1996, was quite near the top of the requests from from the listeners. And by the way, uh, we're getting together in the next few weeks, recording a bunch of throwbacks. Mm. Those will be coming out in July and August, and they'll be spread out over the next uh, couple weeks. So be on the lookout for those, something to get excited about. But uh, Independence Day was brought up, and uh, I think we should take this opportunity to just talk about the original because we probably won't do a (laughs) throwback after the fact we've just spent all this time talking about the sequel.
2: Mm-hmm. Can we just but, only talk about the original? Like I don't I really don't want to talk I
1: about mean, we can. It. Oh god. We talk about the second one, but it basically is just talking about the original. I have a lot <laughs> of the same points on a lot of this stuff. Um Independence Day comes around every year. Uh it always <laughs> loops on AMC <laughs> since
2: seventeen seventy six. Yeah.
1: It loops on AMC every year. Um mm-hmm. When I'm around family and things like that, it always comes on. Everybody ends up coming in the room and, you know, coming in and out watching it. And it never seems to go away. Everybody every year seems to kind of, oh, I remember that movie, you know, and uh, remember the good times. I definitely remember seeing it in the theater uh, in 96.
2: How old were you guys in 96? I was 10, I think. Yeah, I was 10, okay.
1: 10 or 11. Okay. Um, And so... I remember it was Too a big deal. You, I remember seeing it at the like stadium seating screen. Maybe that was the first time I'd ever been to more like a large format screen before. So Same. I remember that. And uh, I remember being blown away uh, yeah. when I was 10 uh, by the scale of it. I uh, loved Will Smith. Loved Aliens. I was big into... The idea s- of those ships filling the sky like that was so creepy. And yeah, cool. <laughs> it was um, in 1996. Um, the debate... <laughs> is how has this held up in 20 years? How has independence day held up? Uh, I did rewatch it before resurgence. Mm -hmm. It's on HBO or HBO go. And, um, some of it holds up fine effects wise. I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, I think some of the effects are still strong and quite strong, but, uh, I hate the movie. I hate every, (laughs) every line that's uttered is a cliche. Um, you know, every plot line is a cliche. It's it's ridiculous, a lot of it. Um, it's so coincidental, uh, circumstantial, a lot of it. And um, as a pure popcorn movie, um, it's about as viscerally entertaining as you can get with these. Mm-hmm. I think Steven Spielberg said um, after Independence Day came out, he said it'll be the most imitated movie of all time. And I think that might be the case. You know, mm-hmm. with the amount of destruction that it wrought um in 96, we were blown away as a world, um, quite literally, you know, in the movie <laughs> and, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the theater, we didn't see anything like that CGI. You know, the best CGI we had before that was Jurassic park. And, uh, that did great for, you know, CGI mm-hmm. creatures and landscapes and things, but it didn't have the scale. It was, you know, I was on an Island. It was a secluded Island. It didn't have the scale of the world. And, uh, independence day kind of definitely brought that, uh, that big bombastic third act uh, to the limelight and prove that you could make $800 million by just exploding things and uh, having a decent plot line with big movie stars. But um, in the 20 years since, I don't think it's held up a lot. I think, uh, of course, the highest-grossing movie of 1996, but uh, people have obviously soured on it considering Independence Day Resurgence, $41 million gross, on uh, opening weekend, on a $200 million budget. And uh, the first Independence Day, by comparison, $75 million budget, and it made $800 million worldwide. So, obviously, they needed the freedom and resurgence to do more effects and more, uh, you know, I, I guess, CGI, uh, take advantage of modern day CGI. But uh, the first one proved you don't really need. All that CGI, all you need is the CGI that was available in 96 to make this movie. I got to say, with Resurgence, pretty disappointed with it. Didn't like it. But uh, I expected this to be just, oh my, oh. I expected it to be like completely offended by everything. It was so down the middle, like, the the whole time. It wasn't offensively bad, but it wasn't good at all. So it just kind of exists. It's kind of one of those. Um, I think they did go back and watch Independence Day and say what sucked about Independence Day and tried to fix a lot of those and a lot of those are addressed in the movie itself and sort of some meta lines and things and so that's kind of funny but also sad in a way <laughs> to address it in your own movie and uh, but I mean this was this was about what I expected it, actually actually it's not what I expected for this to be total crap and it was just mild crap. Uh, so that's my short review, but I have a lot of specifics to get into. What are your thoughts on Independence Day, Richard? And um, just a brief sentence on Resurgence before we get into specifics here.
0: Uh, so Independence Day was was probably the, in the top three or four things movies I've seen like most amount of times in my life. Um, I kind of stopped rewatching movies though I, at a certain point. Like I I get spin on. I don't. I haven't really rewatched anything too much since in, since I've been in my twenties. I don't know why. I just kind of lost interest in doing that. Um, it's it is always on on like on Independence Day. I was gonna, for some reason, I was going to say St. Patrick's Day, which would be weird. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I won't even look. I won't even stay for a line. I'll just kind of tune it out. I don't know. Nothing against it. I just I feel like I've seen it. So I, I rewatched it recently to, for this. Um, and it, yeah, it is a really different experience as an adult because I probably haven't seen it in uh, 29 now probably like 18 years seven nine something like that and so uh it's it's uh it's not good at all i mean there was still some really fun nostalgic things about it and the effects you're right kent are probably the best thing about they hold up really well um but i think part of the like magic of that first one was could not possibly get enough of Will Smith in your life for, like, my generation. It was absolute peak Will Smith. Yeah, And it was, like, the first time you'd seen him in that, so it was so exciting to see him as, like, the action hero, because he was kind of the first person that felt of, even though he's 15, 20 years older than me, like, of my generation. Like, I watched him on Fresh Prince, and I saw him on MTV, and now all of a sudden he's in this big movie, and uh, it was like, you, you couldn't have been more excited for him. Like, for kids my age, people my age, like the the biggest kind of specters of my youth are like Michael Jordan, Will Smith, uh, Michael Jackson, Adam Sandler, (laughs) Sandler, Jim Carrey, probably Jim Carrey more than Sandler. Um, but both. And yeah, so those are like, and, and he's, Will Smith certainly in it with this and, and men in black back to back years. Uh, men in black might be the only movie I've seen more times than independence day. So, it was so much caught up in that. So like now that I've seen Will Smith a million times and he hasn't really done anything that interesting in years, like you kind of lose that when you rewatch how, how like star making that performance was, even though, I mean, he was already a huge star, but just like solidified him as a, as a $20 million per picture, uh, guy. And that's lost. And then the fact that he's not even in this one really kind of like, for some reason, like limits the scale of what this is just yeah. feels some kind of, even those big stars in it, it feels like kind of a, direct video not true sequel, without the the number one star of it.
1: Yeah, he turned it down. They wouldn't pay him $50 million, which is what he requested for this, for two sequels, <laughs> which is um, what he ended up doing, Suicide Squad instead. So we'll see how that works out for him. He, Did he get that kind DVD? of money for
0: Suicide Squad? No,
1: no, I'm sure not, but he would rather take less to do that than... He yeah. he basically said the only way I'm doing that is if I make fifty million dollars, you know. Yeah, uh, like kind of Robert Downey Jr. At, with the Avengers. Now it's like I'll come back, but you know my price tag, you know, right. kind of a thing. Um, I don't even know if Will Smith would have helped this much, you know. No, he there, would have. There were a just, lot of people that probably went to this thinking Will Smith was in it, you know. Like <laughs> I don't know if it's that clear that he wasn't involved. From a PR standpoint, I did I think kind they of tried expect him to show up briefly. They show, like... him, they show like the f- the photograph of him like in the trailer, you know, yeah. like trying to w- hint
0: that he could be like show up. Yeah, I yeah. was hoping that. The Randy Quaid scene of this one would be Will Smith riding in at the end. <laughs> yeah, he I really got, did. I was like, if you could bet on this in Vegas, like if I could get like plus five hundred odds for that, I would take.
2: This. Comes like, flying really on just...
0: the comes flying in on the alien ship, and he's like, "I told you I'd get me one of these."
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just oh, the biggest. Uh,
2: well, <laughs> just made that movie three times better.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, people would have freaked out for that. That that scene though, it's being of nostalgic scenes. Richard, you, you mentioned on the rewatch. It's uh the scene where he chases down the the UFO and it crashes and he goes over and he's talking smack and he does the welcome to Earth thing and yeah, the don't start and that no, that's be, what I no. call a close encounter. He drops like four one liners in one, but that's like,
0: peak Smith right there. It's like the song and pop star, yeah. Where he just uh he keeps just doing uh catchphrases the whole time. Um, <laughs> it's basically like yeah, that exactly, <laughs> exactly. But. uh, Independence Day, the original,
1: um, it's just one of those things. If if Roland Emmerich didn't make it, somebody was gonna make that movie. Sure. It it was gonna happen eventually. In fact, it did happen later that year in Mars Attacks. It's like the <laughs> same what if aliens invade? It's like a it's a nineteen fifties version of it or a Tim Burton's version of it, but it's the same thing. And um it's almost it just goes to show, like, the story with Independence Day is they, like, wrote the screenplay on a Friday, went to the studio on the Saturday, got it greenlit, and on Monday they were in pre-production. Like, it was that fast to turn around. Like, oh, this, like, within four lines of the screenplay, they greenlit it type of thing, you know? Wow. It's almost like, it almost proves a point that, like, concept is always bigger than substance. And this is almost the uh, the total proof of that. You know, like the the year later when Men in Black came out, like that was the first time that everyone was like, wow, a summer movie was good. You know, like it was funny and I actually enjoyed myself and I want to see more of it. You know, like before that, it was Batman and Robin and Godzilla and this and just bad crap, you know, summer crap, you know, Mario Brothers movies and just, ugh. you know, the good movies in the 90s always came out an Oscar season, you know, you feel like it was like cult comedies like black sheep or dumb and dumber, or, you know, the pulp fictions of the Forrest Gump's of the world. Very few nineties blockbusters outside of Jurassic park. You still talk about in a positive light actually in, uh, in that sense. But, uh, independence day. So down the middle for me, um, now, even then it was, but now even more so, um, I still have a nostalgia for it, a nostalgic value for it, um, but um, don't think it's something that deserves a sequel or multiple sequels, and especially 20 years later. This should have been 2004 uh, or something when we're talking about this coming out, not uh, 2016. Um, But I'm excited for Con Air 2 next year, guys. I don't know about (laughs) you guys. I'm pumped for The Rock, too,
0: starring The Rock. (laughs) The Rock.
1: Starring The Rock. How's that not (laughs) happened? It will eventually. But Brian, any thoughts on independence day
2: in general or the, yeah, I'm going to go, you know what? Independence day to me, that's one of the, uh, probably three or five most memorable theater experiences I've ever had. I I remember, I mean, I was 13 when it came out. Broadway. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When the alien sings and holds up his mask, it's just beautiful. Um, I sat front row, my whole family. We had this big family reunion during that week and uh so we all 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 the kids, we all went together and when the when the aliens when uh data from Star Trek is opening the when aliens, it pops open, yeah. Yeah. Not even when it comes to life, but when it pops open, my brother, who I guess was probably nine at the time, <laughs> like flipped out and he just he jumped out of his seat and screamed and ran all the way up the aisle and out the theater, and, and somebody had to go get him. And, and it was just such a funny – I never let him forget about that moment. And it, anyway, the, the entire film experience, like that's one of the that's one of the few theater experiences from, from the 90s where I can remember exactly what theater I went to and what time of day it was and who I went with and all that sort of thing. It was just such a – Where did you see it at? Uh, Northeast Mall pre – rave so it was like old school theater you know um it was the general cinema i believe it was Uh uh-huh yeah yeah next to the tilt yeah yeah so that was it was such a cool moment um i would never make the argument that independence day is a is a good movie but i do think it is so fun i rewatched it a couple of days ago and you you guys are totally right like the lines are ridiculous and it's so convenient and cheesy just like just the fact that Jeff Goldblum can plug in his Mac basically into an alien computer and it, it just works fine. They had a just floppy totally, drive. Just had a floppy drive and it's good to go. The fact um, that Jeff Goldblum is a cable repairman yeah, and yeah. he does. He's a, all. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a genius. It's just not living <laughs> up to his potential. It's it's look. It's all ridiculous and over the top. But I do. I think it is a. It's like kind of a perfect time capsule of 1996, and I think. It is also one of the – if I was creating a, I don't know, like a Mount Rushmore of 90s movies, it has a place on that. And so I don't know that it's a good movie, but I will will readily admit that I love watching that movie still to this day, and I probably can't look at it objectively – the thing that it had going for it more than anything else, besides the fact that it just it you're totally right, Kent, it it's a movie that was going to get made by somebody at some point during that that little run there. Um but I think it just has the right it has the right star. And that Will Smith becoming a, a movie star right in front of our eyes was such he was so charismatic back then and it just Um, he had this kind of, he had a, an attitude about him, but also sort of like a little bit of wholesomeness. So he was acceptable to everybody. And that was, it was such a huge thing when he was on screen and you're just, you just know at 13, I just know I'm like, this guy's the biggest movie star of all time, you know? And it was just so cool to see him come to life, uh, for really for the, for the first time, at least in that kind of level. Uh, and so I, I can watch Independence Day right now, no problem, and I enjoy it. And it's dumb, and it's over the top, and it's ridiculous. It looks great though; the special effects have hold have held up extremely well for twenty years. And I think I, Will Smith from that era is just on another level of entertainment. Like he's really, I still think, I still think, do this day, twenty days, twenty years later? I think he is extremely entertaining to watch and enjoyable. And uh, so I can. You guys are probably right. It's probably not a good movie, but it's certainly a movie that I enjoy watching kind of no matter what. That said, it does not need a sequel. It certainly doesn't need a sequel 20 years later. And it certainly, certainly doesn't need a sequel 20 years later without Will Smith. And so I think Will Smith probably covers up a multitude of sins in that first movie. And Jeff Goldblum, too. Goldblum might have been the perfect kind of muse i guess or or the straight man for for will smith to work off of in a way at that time uh and then in this he just seems kind of lost in the new one and we all love jeff goldblum he's an american treasure i thought he was really bad in this film and when you try to i think you're seeing some of the limitations of however old jeff goldblum is at this point of him being the lead in a big blockbuster action movie it doesn't it, it really doesn't work I hate this movie. Can't, you said you thought it was a uh, not that bad, but not offensively bad. From, I very, cl- I was very close to pulling a Richard and leaving about five minutes in. I was just oh, like this too. is awful, and I, I hate every single note of what is of what's happening here. It maybe because uh, I maybe because
1: I had such joyous memories of Independence Day, and then like on my past rewatch that I sat down and like, okay, I'm going to rewatch this thing. And I'm not just watching it in passing or something. I started to hate it a lot. (laughs) And, uh, so the fact that I hated this, it's just more of the same. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like, I didn't increase my hate. It was just like, I still hate this, you know, it's not any better. They didn't do, they didn't like, if they're rebooting this, it's worse than the original. It's not
2: definitely not better. It's probably worse. Well, I, I'm coming at it from the perspective of yes, the first one is probably really dumb and cheesy, but I I love that movie and we I love think it because it of works. we love it
1: because of the we remember what yes. Will Smith was like in yes. his peak. We remember what it was like to see effects like that for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I
2: told there's a nostalgia attached to it, but I also think that movie is fun and fun translates over a long period of time. It ages well. If you're just, if your movie's stupid and dumb and over the top, but it's fun and it does so in the right manner, which yep. is not to take itself too seriously, then it. I think it, you know, it doesn't hold up for you guys. It's totally fine. I, it holds up pretty well for me. And, but all I expected, all I expected from Independence Day, cause I put up on my Twitter, like, like I hate, I hate, hate, hate this movie. And, I had a couple of different people respond like did you really expect much? No. All I expected was for it to be dumb and over the top and ridiculous and fun. That's it. And like a C or a C plus. Like I I'm totally fine with that that level of film existence and I felt like I got robbed of my money. It was This doesn't even this it, movie didn't even care enough to go over the top. You know? No. That's what yes. offended me. It yes. was
1: like we're not even going Transformers level. We're just going to give you Dino Bots. Like, at least yes. they just try to outdo themselves with ever. This is the most by the book blockbuster lame. We've seen this a thousand times. A storyline and B effects that I've maybe ever seen. Like, there was almost nothing new. They didn't, they didn't up the ante at all from the original Independence Day, which was 20 years ago.
2: Yeah. So, you know. Well, the, the only way they upped the ante was by just putting steroids into the, the aliens, you know, like the ship is so much bigger now and the alien queen yeah. is so much bigger. Oh, that, and that's literally the only, the only escalation, the only point at which you can say, Oh look, it's, it's, you know, this is how it's changed. This you said is how It took they them prepared. 20
1: years to come up with a story for this movie. How do you okay. tell us it take you 20 years to come up with, Hey, what if the aliens come back and then we have yeah. to fight them again? Like <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> so um, I hate all the trying to tie it to the original Independence Day with the mm. kids and with the president's kids and with yeah uh, with the old characters, especially the characters that no one cared much about, no. like Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum maybe, but we don't need Judd Hirsch <laughs> in this. We don't need to give Judd Hirsch his own plot line and then keep cutting back to him and he's like taking kids under his wing for no reason <laughs> and... You could cut every scene of that yes. out and yes. get the entire movie. You could cut out every scene with Will Smith's kid, you yes. know, the Hiller and Liam Hemsworth and the daughter and have the exact same movie. You could t- t- tell the plot line of this without ever once mentioning the kids. I think like, there's <laughs> about
2: 12 to 15 main characters in this movie. And I, I would give you Jeff Goldblum, I would give you Hemsworth, I think, his B story has some value. I will give you Pullman though. I think there's much better ways that that could have been done. And by proxy, I will give you Pullman's daughter. Like those four characters have at least some, at least to the way that the, the store, the script is currently written, at least have some bearing on what's happening. Every other character is so useless and superfluous and, doesn't do anything that is of any value or What the warlord unfair. didn't do anything <laughs> for you? Terrible. He is awful. <laughs> the African warlord didn't that was, do anything. That was an awful awful <laughs> addition. Like atrociously bad. But it and, shows how
0: the rest of the world fights them too. But...
2: Which is, you know what? That's an interesting it's a global
0: world this time.
2: Okay, it's and that that's the... an interesting thing to do. Like the idea of how our technology has advanced since the invasion and how uh, how long it took to fight back the invaders. and all. Like, that's, okay, that has some merit, that has some value, but that character certainly doesn't. And, and the, the dude that follows plot. him around, the Floyd, is that guy related to Roland Emmerich? Like, there's zero point in him being yeah. in a movie yeah. if it's not, well, I got to get my nephew a role in a movie. Like, it just, my gosh. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I hated the bit with Bill Pullman and the PTSD and him, like, f- freaking out, like, basically being the Randy Quaid character. I hated that. I, yeah. He went so over the top with it. I was yeah. like, is he even trying to make
2: this funny? Yeah. I couldn't understand. It was like a... Well, and his, oh, his, his limp comes and goes, too. <laughs> like, there's times <laughs> when he's just walking with the cane, but he's certainly not using it, you know, and it's really painfully obvious. So that's that's great.
0: That's yeah. impossible to fix though. There's no way around that.
1: <laughs> I hated it. I hated I hated when he was seeing the symbols and like drawing them all over the place. I thought I think that's I hate that. I don't know. I see that cliché so much. Yeah. The flashbacks and the I'm seeing visions and I can't stop, you know, Close Encounters does it very well. But um it's overdone now. And I hated that with almost every character they tried to bring that into, especially like they show Guys, if we look at these pictures from Roswell, look at what's spray-painted on yes. this barn. It's the symbol.
2: Like, as if... no. Oh, it's just... gosh! <laughs> that character might have been the most egregious. Well, no, I'm lying. The Floyd one was the worst. The guy that follows him around. But that... Charlotte's Gainsborough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What? There is literally no The point. president? The woman president?
1: No, no you're talking about one, the other too,
2: one. Is, she's also useless, but the, the other scientist that... Is the sort of at odds with Goldman, but oh, they're gonna, yeah, yeah, the Goldblum, what? Oh, gonna <laughs> kill me. We, like, ha- that's we just... guys, we have
1: to have a love story. Has yeah, to Yeah, of one. course,
2: of course we do. We and and the Hemsworth Pullman daughter is not enough. Like, uh, come yeah. on, guys. Uh, I want just... to see
0: how Jeff Goldblum gets his freak on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was the
1: Pullman daughter? Was the president's daughter? The plot line like right when she says, "Former, she used to be in the Air Force." Wasn't that the most, okay, she's going to come at the end and yeah. start flying oh, Like thing was of just, all time?
2: I was just disappointed that it wasn't Blake Lively. and She was the CEO <laughs> uh, and it. pilot. It joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I, this entire thing, the the whole way. Um, and that's part of why five minutes and I was like, I think I might leave because I felt like I could have, at that moment, like you could have stopped the movie, passed around a sheet of paper and say, okay, write down the exact order of what's going to happen here, and I, I would have gotten it right, you know? And, the, okay, uh, if you do that, that's that's okay as long as I am having fun while watching the ridiculous inevitability unfold and that there's nothing in this movie that forces you to say, this is fun, and get on board, you know?
1: Yeah, the exposition is awfully it's written, so too. It's so bad. It's like, it's so <laughs> hey, remember stuff. when you and I were together in the war of 1996 <laughs> <laughs> and we both yeah. defeated the yeah. aliens?
2: Gosh, how many times did they reference the war of 1986? Oh, dude, I just, Nicholas Wright, the guy who plays Floyd is a writer. So that's As if the people movie. coming to see this don't know what the war yes, was. Everyone who went to see <laughs> this movie has seen Independence Day or at least has been told about Independence Day. And even if you didn't, it's pretty freaking clear from all the destruction and the the space debris and all that other, like you don't, you don't. But did we cl- declare official of
0: war on them, Brian? That's what I need to know.
2: <laughs> or is
0: it the <laughs> conflict of 1996? I mean, there's a lot of range yeah. there. I mean, a war is an act of Congress, so I need to know in painstaking detail. <laughs> yeah. What caused that? This movie looks,
1: looks horrible. Yeah. Uh, it's the, one of the darkest movies I've ever seen. So
0: dark unnecessarily I, i'm not
1: kidding i like almost i like, thought there was a light out in the yeah projector. i thought there was a light on the projector i almost went down there and was like there's something wrong because we can't see the screen <laughs> um i can't imagine seeing this in 3d with even nice. the the That's, extra layer of darkness over. that was
0: like the 90s version of shaky cam which just to make everything really dark so you could hide the effects mm-hmm. and it's like the ultimate 90s move is to do Independence Day 2 and use that. Like, I haven't seen that overly dark thing in a long time. But uh, that used to be a thing, like, 90s campy. We'll, we'll just film with, like, a, a lace scarf over it that's black over the camera. <laughs> and then we I can not hide, hide, hide all these crappy effects. But eh. the,
1: the amount of eyes high. that Indeed. have to go... The amount of eyes that have to see this before it, you know, comes out, I'm surprised out of the 100 people... I have to sign off. Not one person was like, "Guys, can can can't see anything. Y'all see anything? I can't. (laughs) I can't see anything. I don't know if it's just me or if I'm just gonna. Might be something we need to address before we ship this thing out." But uh, wow, I I I wrote that the top of my notes can't see anything. The very top because that was the theme of the movie for me. Couldn't see it. Would have helped if I could have seen it. But um, no. the, maybe
2: not. Maybe not. I thought the
1: happen. the moon attack scene, where they like shoot down the ship that they don't know if it's good or bad, and then yeah, and no- we have
2: to have this debate about it, so you
1: know that's going to come back later. Yeah,
2: I mean, come on.
1: What I thought was going to happen, so they shoot down the ship, uh, they take away an object from the uh from the from the ship's crash. <laughs> it ends up being a little AI or whatever, and then they have this whole. We converted ourselves to artificial intelligence because we figured that we would last longer if we were only digital or whatever. So, just bringing that whole AI mm-hmm. conversation yeah. into this, which I hate too. Yeah. I hate Check. the. A-
2: yep, yeah. they got that on the bingo board. Yep. yep,
1: yep. We need to. We need to bring AI into this somehow. <laughs> but that's dangerous, eventually, isn't it? Yeah, oh, nope. I think I I we'll it out. ends up turning I on we'll us. Find yeah. out. I think so. <laughs> we don't know. I think so. Never. That's never been explored, Richard, in, in uh, movies.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> cool because because it never becomes sentient right? No, right. Never. it always just stays right. one step below it's always that.
2: just our best friend like a dog <laughs> okay cool cool
0: <laughs> then i'll sleep with siri on the night so what i thought <laughs> what i thought was gonna
1: happen was the ai was basically telling everybody okay here's why they're here here's why the aliens are here here's why they want to destroy you they already destroyed my planet they're coming after you next i thought uh you know, the the, the humans were going to destroy the aliens, the harvesters, as they're called, destroy the aliens. And then the AI was going to be like, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I'm the evil one. You're all dead. You know, <laughs> thanks for destroying the, the people that were going to destroy me. You know, that would have been a cool twist. That would have been I'm better. Like, that would have been a better twist on this. It would have given us some kind of unpredictability, if you will, even though I was kind of thinking that. I love the but, concept of a, of a robot going, just kidding.
0: <laughs> just kidding. Guy, it, got you.
1: It, like, um, immediately learned God. English, like, within eight <laughs> seconds, remember? It's got
0: a trucker hat on, and yeah. it's like, you got on.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm ten years behind Michael. my <laughs> That song, Candy Shop, is dope. Um,
0: <laughs> I like this robot.
1: I wouldn't mind if he took over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems Much pretty chill.
0: Yeah. but, as far yeah. as and it's so stupid
1: as far as um what I mentioned earlier as the the meta stuff, how they say, oh, they always hit the landmarks, don't they, you know, kind <laughs> of a playing uh commenting on or Independence Day, how the only places that blow up in Independence Day are the like how do the aliens know that this is where the yeah. president lives and all that. That question's never addressed. It's right. just like, hey, this place hey, a top of this building looks good. It happens to be the yeah. Empire State Building. Well, that, that's gonna the, work great. The best part
2: is that they attack uh, you know, the, the Capitol and Los Angeles, and I'm assuming the Empire State Building and the Middle of Nowhere Kenya. Yeah. Just just spice things up a little. <laughs> gotta pick gotta, gotta pick and choose. <laughs> and also
1: the dog here. When she oh. goes to save the dog and they said oh. they said uh, something like, oh, we got to wait for the dog because that happens in yeah, Independence Day and it's one of, of the more eye roll moments.
2: Jeez, man. And, I uh, hate this movie, guys. I really hate it. The more we talk about it, the more... I, if you're not a fan of, of the Brian Gill heavy sigh, I fear this is going to be a poor episode for you. But, guys, unpredictably, Bill Pullman
1: puts back on the pilot suit and uh, hangs up the cane and hangs the, up the cane shaves the beard i hated that gosh when he shaved so the beard awful <laughs> Why show it awful <laughs> this must
0: mcguiver scene <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what you have to do
0: <laughs> you <know? laughs> would have been great standing above a grave in his underwear just screaming <laughs> <idiot>. <laughs> Uh, the bit with the queen alien. Gruber should have been in this. It would have been infinitely better.
2: Oh, that's most movies.
1: Um, The queen alien, the giant alien that they have to fight. So dumb. Turned into like Godzilla for yeah. six minutes here. Um, Could have gone without that. I thought the aliens were scary in themselves in 96 when they were a practical effect for the most part. And uh, you didn't see them much because they had to hide it. Mm. Um. And here yep. they kind yep. of took advantage much, a little too much of the CGI, yes. a little too much of the aliens, and it takes away the scariness. Yeah, much less
2: scary and and really awkward too, to see them carrying big guns. Like, it just it yep. took away from that sort of terrifying aspect as well. I, like, I love oh. how they give you
1: flashes of it in the first one, and the yeah. fact that, you know, when Will Smith downs the thing, he walks over to it, and there's smoke, and then the head pops out, and he punches mm-hmm. it down back immediately, and you see, like, half a second of an alien but you know it was scary looking you know like oh what was that you know yeah and it does that fairly well uh, on the Mm -hmm. beginning uh in the first movie (laughs) but i hated that um and so at the end spoilers guys (gasps) they defeat the alien
0: what Um, What?
1: yeah do you like how the aliens were trying to harvest the core of the earth i thought that was stupid too yeah that's never heard that movie never heard that in any no. any extraterrestrial theories of why aliens would come <sighs> here the core I've heard gold I've heard that they could use gold I've heard you know carbon they could take our carbon but I didn't know the, the molten core They actually the molten metal is what they were coming for for some reason yeah that's uh, dumb it's an no. excuse and the shot of the like the ship now because it has to be bigger because it's a sequel you know ship, yeah. the ship has to be way bigger so the big three thousand miles. Yeah, 3, the, 3, the, the ship comes miles. down and it's like hugging the Earth, like from <laughs> the shot from you know what I mean. It yeah. looks like there's a, it's wearing a hat. I'm like, there's no way, even if it gets destroyed, like the the atmosphere's gone. There's no atmosphere <laughs> left. Um, I just didn't see
2: like even if they destroy them, how their Earth in itself yeah. wasn't destroyed well, and- because of the ship. <laughs> An easy 2 billion people died as it's landing. So, right, right. We're never going to recover from that ever. Did you There's like no how way. it stopped conveniently
1: at the edge of the White House, though? <laughs> Just because it knew where it was going, well, of course. It's got
2: to it's gotta leave, uh, leave those houses that Hemsworth and, and uh, Whitmore are going to get together. So, they got to leave those intact because that was the best line in the whole movie. I don't know if y'all caught yeah, that. Yeah, I did. I looked at those houses. If they're still there. Like, come on. Guys. What are we what are we doing?
1: The uh character I really liked in the pleasant surprise in Independence Day was Brent Spiner. And he's kind of a wacky, goofy uh character. I think he actually got some award nominations for that character, supporting nominations. But they bring him back here, mistakenly making me main character.
2: <laughs> like the most important person. The most important in the whole person.
1: Thing. Uh I think it would have been a smarter choice in Resurgence to bring him back. At the end, have that reveal again, and he's kind of the guy who solves yeah. everything, and, and he's the reason, because he wakes up from his coma at the end of the movie or whatever, or in, this, in the third act, and then he gives them the information they need to defeat them. I did not like the addition of him. Brent <laughs> Spiner, in 2016, leading a movie, yeah. It's just like one of those things, like, who can we get from the original Okay, we can get Judd Hirsch, you get Jeff Goldblum, (laughs) and Brent Spiner. Well, can we do uh, Independence Day with those three? Like, we're going
2: to have to make it work. What about Vivica A. Fox? Yes, but only for a completely ridiculous, nonsensical... Death. That's it. The only point. The only part. Her entire role in the movie is just to die in front of. She's her She's like a nurse too, or something. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. She was a stripper in the first one. Well, right? but she's putting her way
1: through medical she school. She did. She. She did. Yeah. yeah. She literally paid her way through medical school. <laughs> she was right. All those stories are true. <laughs> and are guys? Are we? Are we sure that the kid, Will Smith's son, is even his son? Because he was like five years old. And no, he's he a
2: stepson. I think.
1: And I really, like, do they yeah. weren't even married. No. I I thought she was a single mom, and yeah. that was his girlfriend. I didn't know that they had a kid already for four it, it just years. Just then... change that
2: and revision Like, whenever there's an alien attack, yeah. it, you know, you can kind of change the course of history if you want to. You can become your own man. You can just start saying, that guy's my dad. You so... can start
0: rambling. He was a rambler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's one of those, like, we can't get Will Smith. Oh, didn't he have a kid in the first one? Well, there we go. They call <laughs> like my they Awkward call with a huge head. <laughs> yep. Good. Even better. They might they call Michael B. Jordan immediately. He turns it down. Well, who else can we get? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um oh, and there this is what we're left with. But the sad part about this is, not sad, actually funny part, <laughs> is how blind the studio is to pe- what people think about Independence Day. First of all, giving a 200 million dollar budget, just assuming that throwing this out around Independence Day would assume or at least be number one, make 80 to hundred million dollars in the U S it did 41. It was slightly better than out of the shadows by comparison. Mm. And I think, uh, collectively we're all tired of that and everyone knew it beforehand, but, uh, they, they actually said, have said that they are setting this up to be their star Wars. Oh my gosh. That's what they're doing. This passing of the torch thing with the old characters and this new youthful characters uh that are gonna you know I guess carry the resistance through the next movie um it's so sad it's like really
2: really there's no <laughs> <laughs> there's no word so words. angry <laughs> there's and no it just makes me so angry <laughs> this this whole thing I you can it's laughable it's it is it's laughable and it's just how many times, you know, the the whole thing of like we're gonna make sequels and reboots? That's what we do. Okay, fine. Like I accept this. It's fine. It it is what it is. How many times are studios going to preemptively say uh, we're gonna make a franchise out of this, and here is who's gonna chart the way? He's gonna. This is our this is our Kevin Feige, and then that guy's not good at making movies. And then this the, the first movie is bad. Like how many times are we gonna go down this road where Snyder? Yes. Well, Snyder is the most egregious example, but this this ranks up there as well. Of like we're gonna base an entire franchise off a movie that was a big hit twenty years ago and uh is probably not aging. It's probably the most nineties movie of all time. We got it. This is gonna be a huge hit. Well, it's not. It's not going to be that kind of a hit. And here's how we're gonna do it. And we're gonna we're so confident in it that we're going to end the second movie, this new reboot slash sequel thing with the most egregious transition to a sequel that you yeah, have yeah. ever seen in your life. And that, if I wasn't going to give this an F before that last 30 seconds, then that certainly solidified how I feel about the movie. Like, that is the most absurd segue into the projected sequel that I really think that I've ever seen. I just, I can't, that it, it's a joke. It's so bad. It's so bad. Explain what happens. Refresh our memory. (laughs) So we just, we like I said, we've lost two billion people, but we we did repel the queen. Finally, I guess. Uh, And so here comes data from Star Trek to alert us to the fact that oh, this alien AI wants us to lead the resistance and head off into outer space to fight these aliens to take the battle to them because. Dog on it. We're Americans, and we're the only way. We're the gonna a be the. the
0: stand <laughs> up
2: next to you and defend her. Yeah. Stay. Toby Keith will be our general, and we will take on the most deadly aliens in the universe. Like on their turf, on their turf, we're gonna take the battle to them. I got a boot for them. That, yeah, it's just doesn't come work. Come on, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because this is a bad movie, and you don't ever. You should never base a franchise on a bad movie. Just straight up. That should be a hard rule for Hollywood. Does this movie suck? Yes. Then you can't make a franchise out of it. Sorry. You got to wait 20 more years.
1: It was the second highest grossing movie of all time when it came out.
2: Until Titanic
1: came out the next year. It was Jurassic Park and Independence Day. It was huge.
2: Huge, huge movie. That was. I didn't know anybody who didn't go see that movie, you know, like adult or child. It was such a huge deal to have seen that. And it's kind of like this. It's like a way station between Jurassic Park and the Matrix of 90s movies, you know, and that's that's great. It has a great place where it's at. It does not belong in 2016. The first one I just on the rewatch, I noticed there are
1: like 12 iterations of the phrase. Oh my God. In that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and half of them are by Robert Loja. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just, it's like... dear God. <laughs> it's like and, and without even saying, I bet, I bet the phrase is used. Get me the president. You know, yeah. that's the most Independence Day line ever mm-hmm. too. Um, it's, it's so cliche, but it's like I said, this movie was going to happen. If, if, uh, if Emmerich didn't make it, it was going to happen. Speaking of Emmerich, um he's bringing back stargate apparently
2: stop it to the big screen i um, was relatively excited about the stargate reboot until i realized that he was going to direct it so that's not great what's that's different what about
0: Stargate? explain stargate to me brian as long as spader's um,
2: involved <laughs> yeah that's
1: stargate true. they basically discover a Stargate, which leads to another world okay or so across the it's, galaxy, it's all, tied, it's all tied. It's all tied to Egypt. It's all tied to the ancient Egyptians yeah. and uh, the it's, the people that influenced the Egyptians. So the aliens look Egyptian, like the ancient gods did, mm. and uh, well, it's so very philosophical. philosophical.
2: Stargate uh, is to me is one movie. of the the reason why I would be cool with a reboot, but probably not in Emmerich's hand. Is it? It seems like. That's one of those movies that I, as a, I mean, I was very young when it came out, but in hindsight, you look back and you think, that should have worked. Like, that should have been a good movie that made a lot of money and uh, spawned a franchise or, you know, whatever. And Spawned instead, a TV just, series. Yeah, it did. It did. It just didn't, it did not have the cultural impact that it perhaps should have, or or at least that in hindsight that i i think it could have. And so, that's the type of movie like RoboCop. I was cool with the RoboCop reboot cuz I'm like that movie's it looks terrible. It hasn't aged old but it's a it's an interesting concept. You could make that happen. Stargate seems like that kind of movie to me, but if Emmerich's going to do it, I don't know that we can expect good things at all. Is Independence Day the kind of movie
1: that had it completely detached itself from the original? and maybe told the story of the original but from a different perspective could have worked
2: like like just reboot it instead of sequel yeah reboot it
1: and uh you're basically telling the same 1996 (laughs) story but from the from england or something like what happened during that time in england so it's the same kind of ships it's just Mm -hmm. different circumstances and all that and um maybe we know what happens at the end we better attack
0: him with the TARDIS yeah (laughs) <laughs> they summon
1: doctor who and the rest yeah. is history but you know what i mean like if they, yeah, if they hadn't maybe. tried to make this a sequel if they kind of tried to do put a different spin on this universe maybe it would have been more maybe so. better maybe received so. I, I don't know
2: i think it might have been better just by not having any if you can't if when okay when they got to the point where will smith wasn't going to do the movie then maybe at that point you just cut goldblum and and pullman and everybody out and just have it be the new class of dealing with these, you know, we've been raised, maybe set it 20 further years in the future and have it be like we've been raised with the, uh, you know, the the, the, to, the warning to watch out for the aliens to come. And because that's the other thing about this movie is like we spent the last 20 years and I know Goldblum kind of addresses this in the movie, but we don't have we spent 20 years getting ready for this invasion and we still like immediately they just knock out all our communications. Like we didn't think of anything that could communicate <laughs> outside. Like it does. Come on. And maybe that makes it better if you just have some sort of. It's just the kids and they're. Try, I don't know. I maybe maybe a reboot. I know that. Th- How about this? I know that this is terrible. So pretty much any change has to at least have a chance to be better at some point.
1: Yeah, couldn't be worse. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I'm ready for grades. I'm done talking about this. But uh, I'm going to give this
2: a F. It's an F. Brian. I'm going to send you a dollar, Kent. I'm going to give it an F minus, minus, minus. (laughs) I I hate, I hate, hate, hate this movie. I might hate this movie more than any other movie we've seen except for uh, Zack Snyder Fest. I, I, I was... Not not even offended. I was angry throughout the entire course of the movie. I, I and that's you know very what this rare.
1: reminded me of. It's like it reminded me of a, a worse version of Ender's Game. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. It's it's just like ugh. ugh
2: you yeah. know, <laughs> it's to just kind of
1: cringy and like trying to be yeah. something more than it actually is, and yes, trying to, me, to like spun like... this franchise and all this. Ugh.
2: Yeah, I was expl- I was trying to describe it to uh to our friend Jason and I I said I, it's because the like every note is wrong. Like every note has the wrong feel to it. It doesn't have any emotional core. It's just it's just a kind of a hodgepodge of clichés from action movies. And to me it felt like if you designed an AI with the express purpose of making a blockbuster film and all it did was the AI just watched blockbuster movies and then made its own film. This is what it would be. And it would just be like these random interconnecting storylines that don't really make any sense and certainly don't have any, any heart or human humanity to them, you know, and they are all sort of a, a knockoff of something you've seen in another movie. And so all the, it's like, it's like playing a song in the wrong key or something, you know, it's like, it just doesn't, Every single second seems off and seems wrong and seems soulless in a way.
1: There was a moment in the trailer where they if they attack like a flyover at a football game. Yeah, I don't think that was in the movie. I don't think it was in the movie, and it's kind <laughs> of a weird. I was like, I remember saying on the show after seeing the trailer, I was like, "There's a hundred percent chance that that's the coolest part of the movie is when they're <laughs> like." The aliens first come back or whatever, and that's how we find out. I don't think that shot was in here at all. I know they're out there like the graduation, the Air Force graduation and all that, but I was waiting for it then. I don't think it came. I think there was a a bigger reveal. So that was kind of jarring, too. I didn't even get the uh, money shot from the trailer Mm -hmm. in this. Don't know why. Richard, what's your grade?
0: I'm going to go D-. minus. Okay. Just because it's been a lot of bad vibes lately between... Um, you know, now you see me and stuff. I'm just trying to be trying to be a more positive person. What did you like more, Brian? Now you see
2: me too, or this? <sighs> That's like <laughs> the opposite of Sophie's choice. I I think I hate this more than Okay, now you so see we'll me put two. you down for liking Now You See Me Too. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thanks. Like compared Thanks. to this, right? Compared to put this, the, you like yeah, it? Yeah, put that on my tombstone, please. Uh, Liked like- Now You See Me Too. <laughs> and then asterisk <laughs> in comparison to Independence Day Research. Yeah, just put yeah. the chiseler to work. Yeah. note. A lot yeah. of letters, but I think it'd be worth it. You know, I think it'd be worth the price. <laughs> All right. uh, And then don't bury my body. Just bury MacGruber's clothes. Just in case. case. All right. That's enough uh,
1: Independence Day talk for one lifetime, I think. (laughs) Yeah, forever. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Let's hit a recommend, guys.
2: Weekly recommends. Brian, what are you going to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend a show, well, sort of a series, I guess, that we may end up doing an episode on. I know you guys have been pushing that, so I'm hoping I'm going to get completely caught up. I watched the first two episodes of the OJ 30 for 30. I recommended it last week. Can't copy recommend. Well, I, that's the only thing that I <laughs> that I have in, ingested this You've week. You've broken this the number I, one rule of weekly recommend. I know. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I love it. It's, it's incredible, and it is uh, exactly what I wanted from the series, because... As interesting as O.J. is to me, I'm so much more interested in everything surrounding O.J. in a lot of ways. And so these first two episodes, I mean, that first episode, O.J. is barely, barely in the entire feature. It's just about uh, the culture of the era that he grew up in and that awesome he came to start him is- in. It's so good. It's it, I can't wait when to. I told uh, OJ, he's my favorite character. Yeah. Far. Yeah. That I was, uh, said,
0: you can't be doing that, man.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want a documentary just about this. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, there, that's exactly what There was two or three different dudes that they interviewed that I was like, let's get a 30 for 30 on that guy. The uh Bakewell, what's his name? That is yeah. that his, like They're I want to know. Yeah, yeah I, I want to know everything there is to know about that guy. Uh, so nothing
0: about him fits. Yes, about yes. it. He's he's yeah. That's
2: nuts. It was awesome. So anyway, I, I hope to to knock that out over uh, the next couple of days, and, and maybe we can we can figure out a way to do a bonus episode or something on it because it's fascinating stuff. And I hope our listeners are get, watching it. We got to get Steven in on that one. We just got to block you
1: know, out it's... nine hours to record. I know, <laughs> it.
2: I know. That's the that's killer I didn't realize they were all two hours long. Just like, oh dang it, that's so much more than I thought. But mm, it's so good, so good i think i
1: did it in one sitting i'm not even kidding nice it was i at least watched number one one day and then i think the next day i watched two through five on one sitting nice and it is episode four and five are just holy crap you know it brings a lot of stuff to light and it's a lot to talk about so hopefully we get a chance to talk about it on the show sometime
0: richard what are you going to recommend yeah, I'm gonna recommend. I don't do this too often because I'm I'm wildly competitive. But there's a a new podcast uh, that Panoply Panoply whatever however you say it has out, which is the Slate uh, Podcast Network. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. It's uh, little pieces of micro history, about 40 minutes each, that he kind of like little Gladwell articles in in uh, audio form, and uh, with some cool the, the interviews are actually he doesn't just recite them. Like you get to listen to the interviews live and then he kind of intersects with some monologue and stuff like that. It's really good and really interesting. The first two, um, are about, uh, the first one's about, uh, like this kind of forgotten artist and how our biases work. Um, whenever we accept something. And the second one's about a uh, little story in the Vietnam War. But I, I think both of you guys would really like it, and uh, I think a lot of our listeners would too. It's a good. It's one of those that uh, is pretty entertaining, but, you know, makes you feel a little smarter when you're done, which is good. Nice. That is always good.
1: I'm going to recommend a movie that just hit Netflix. It's uh, a must-see must for any, yeah, it is. The do-over, <laughs> starting Adam Sandler. It's a must-see. And the spade. It is uh The Bridge on the River Kwai. Mm. Classic. starring oh, Alec man. Guinness, good call. And William Holden. Yeah. And uh, I'm surprised Netflix got this. I'm surprised uh they actually put this on Netflix. Um the studio that owns the rights to it. But nonetheless they did and it's a must see for anyone who considers themselves a movie aficionado or um someone who likes great movies because this is among the mm-hmm. greatest ever. It's a World War II movie. It's about uh, prison camps and things, and it's a uh, it's some of the best acting and uh, oh, yeah. directing you'll ever see. So check I it
2: think, out. The, I think Guinness got the got the awesome Oscar. Yeah, and that's an incredible. That would be a that's a top three war movie of all time for me. That's an awesome recommend. But it's like, like three hours. So ninety six. <laughs>
1: The War of '96, I think it's the actual proper I term. Pref-
2: I prefer the documentary, but sure.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for the Ken Burns War of '96 <laughs> documentary. It's gonna be. It's gonna shed a lot of light on David Levinson's <laughs> rise from cable repairman to.
2: I want I want to know more about Harry Connick Jr's character for being honest. I, hope there's I couldn't episode on him. I
1: couldn't that believe point. they killed the most joyous one. I mean, I did not see that coming. He was so excited to go to Gosh. war and then he died. I could not could not believe it. It was uh, I I uh, Independence Day might make me more angry than this, but uh <laughs> let's move Harry, on. Harry Connick Jr yeah.
2: might be an AT one of these days. He Just is you know he's he's greatness. He is he's he's greatness. The,
0: he's got he's the smoothest. He'll be our smoothest member.
2: Okay. Well, where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and on the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which will go out next week. So make sure you find the link on our website. Sign up for it. Get on that. I've got, we've all got a piece, I think, coming this, uh, this month. should be a lot of fun. Richard. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at
0: RichardBarden or at RichardBarden.com or the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter as well. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show online at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com.
1: Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us five stars on there if you like what you hear. That really helps go a long way. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. And uh, next week we'll be back talking Steven Spielberg's BFG. So until mm. then... Thank you to our sponsors, and uh, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yah, yah. The salads and scrambled eggs.
1: They're calling again.